Hello angels, my name is Heaven. I am a Reiki master and a teacher, a truth seeker and a light worker, and I am here to share my voice in all things spiritual, witchy, and crystals. Join along on this beautiful journey of growth, teaching, and learning. I am so happy to have you here with me together. Welcome back, everyone. Happy hollow freaking ween. I love this holiday more than Christmas. And frankly, I believe that most spiritual people who love all things witchy love Halloween just as much, if not more than me. For my official first episode, I have something super requested and super exciting in store for you today. And I cannot get I cannot wait to get into it. Today, we're going to talk about all of my ghostly encounters, all of my unexplainable moments, um, starting as young as when I was a child, all the way up until now. So get nice and comfy, grab a nice warm drink, grab a snack, and I am so excited to dive into this. I wanted my first episode to really speak volumes for the type of person that I am and I feel like this is going to do it this absolutely is (laughs) now before we get into anything I just want to preface all of this with the idea that spiritual protection is so so important I'm actually going to do an episode all about how to protect your energy what it entails um what steps you need to take and what is actually very necessary when it comes to working in a job that I do I do also want to share that my intention behind this episode is purely for entertainment, purely if you love hearing about others' ghost stories. I have, of course, cleansed this frequency, this energy behind this podcast with Reiki and with love. So there's no ill intention behind any of it. You are extremely protected when you listen to this. And I'm saying this out loud to make that point so, so, so clear as well. But if you do get really freaked out by ghost stories, then this episode may not be for you. And I'll just share that before as a little um, warning. Some people get really freaked out by this stuff and I am not here to keep you up at night. I would feel so horrible if that was the case. I mean, I'm sitting here filming this because obviously I'm okay and everything worked out. But I know some people get really freaked out by this and I just want to share that before I get into it. I also, for some reason, like to say I'm filming this podcast not too sure why not too sure maybe that'll switch as i like get more into this but i just wanted to say that and share that okay so let's get into it my family is extremely sensitive to energies they've always believed in the unbelievable the unexplainable all of the fun spooky things So any experience that I had that you couldn't really explain, I would bring it to my parents and they always validated it because they too had extremely intense interactions with the spiritual world. And so they always validated me. They always made me feel not crazy and good, which is needed in moments where you're experiencing things like this. So one of my very first encounters happened when I was extremely young. I want to say I was five or six. And we lived in this two-story home. It was quite old and it had one of those little doors that were about knee high. Yeah, it was about knee height. So it was very small. You could fit a very, very small human in there and it was locked. 
we had no access to it. We rented that home. So we had no access to this creepy little door, but anytime you looked at it, it was just the creepiest little door. It did not make you feel good. And I remember that as a young child looking at this door and being completely creeped out by it. This home was extremely haunted. And I want to say that most of the houses my parents have lived in are haunted. They just follow them. The energy is there. Um, but this one was very, very haunted. So one night I remember laying in my bed and it was pitch, pitch black, of course. And at the time I was not actually sharing a bedroom with my sister, which we often did. I was sleeping alone and I had a little twin bed and it started to shake. And when I say shake, it wasn't, you know, just a little vibration. It was violently shaking. But for some reason, I was not afraid. I don't know why. I said, oh, maybe I can control this shaking. So I said, okay, if this is a ghost, and I remember saying this out loud, stop shaking right now. I want to see the bed stop moving. And it did. It stopped moving. And then I said, if this is a ghost, move the bed again. And it did. And on and off, it did that for a few minutes until I realized, oh, maybe this is a little bit freaky and maybe I should stop because mm, a little bit unsettling. <laughs> so I just kept that in my mind. I don't think I even shared that with anyone. I just, I was still half asleep. It was the middle of the night. I felt like maybe I made it up. And then a few weeks later, I remember putting a toy in a certain spot. And I said, if this place is haunted, when I get home from my errands with my family and this toy is not there, I will know for sure that someone else is here. So we left, I came home and the toy was gone. <laughs> the toy was gone for weeks. I did not see that toy for a very long time. And I had set that intention with the toy. I have no idea why I was so young, but I just wanted to see, you know, what would happen. And then one day it appeared in the exact spot that I left it. And the energy attached was not bad. It was just like, what the fuck? It was really one of those what the fuck moments. And now talking to my parents as adults, I bring up this home and they always tell me like, oh yeah, we would leave. And as we'd be, you know, coming home and unlocking the door and first walking into that home, we would hear little children laughing upstairs where our bedroom was. And of course, like you guys were with us, there were no kids up there, but we often heard little kids laughing. And as I'm saying this out loud, honey is making noises, but I'm like, oh, maybe they're back. <laughs> honey is my cat for anyone who does not know that reference. <laughs> but yes, this house was extremely, extremely haunted. Another experience in this home is one that my mom shared with me. And it was, this one is quite freaky and very unexplainable. And I don't even know how she was able to process it in the moment as it happened. But I was very young when this happened. I was young enough. I don't even know if Callie was around, but I was sitting on the floor in the kitchen, just minding my own business. And she was, you know, cooking, doing her thing right around me. And we had one of those shelves where pans can hang by their handle. So you know how like pots and pans have their handle that you hold on to them. Sometimes they have a little hole in this handle. Well, they all hung on to this shelf by that little hole. And I hope that's not confusing, but this shelf, for whatever reason, I was sitting right under it. And I was just playing with my toys and my mom went to grab something and the shelf gave out. And as the shelf gave out, 
everything started to move in slow motion because my mom knew that there was, you know, about 10 pots and pans on the shelf and I was directly under it and I was a little child, how this would really impact me and hurt me. And she watched all of these pots and pans fall, fall, fall in slow motion coming down onto me. And right as they were about to hit my head, this massive glow, this massive energy came around my body and all of the pots and pans fell around it. They literally, as if there was a magnetic force, were coming down onto my head and then for whatever reason, this protection moved them and they fell right beside me. And she literally says it was like it was going in that direction and just completely diverted and went around you and it was not explainable. And when I hear of this now, I am it makes me feel so good because I'm like, wow, that goes to show and prove the amount of protection that I have from you know, unseen forces in a different realm makes me feel so good because if they protected me as a child, I can only imagine the protection they're providing me with now as a Reiki master. So, I mean, I feel so good with that. (laughs) Now with my parents and their experiences, they are quite extreme and often it'd be, you know, weekend night and we would just sit around the table and they would tell us all of these crazy stories because I was so interested. I wanted to hear about all of them all of the time. And they both have energies that actively follow them. And I know this now working very closely with energy. Like I can feel it all the time around them. And some are harder to get rid of than others. And that's a completely different topic. But these energies have followed them for a long time. And, you know, they've done a lot of energetic things, such as playing with Ouija boards where they were not protected properly. And I don't think that these tools are necessarily out there to hurt you, but if you don't know what you're doing, you're opening up this pathway for anything to come through and it can be extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous. So they would often share stories of these times when they played with these tools and their different ghost stories. And I always felt like they were so real because of how I could feel their energy telling the story. And maybe that's an idea for a podcast to have each one come on a podcast and share all their ghost stories. Let me know if that's something that you would like to hear because they are quite intense on both ends, both my mom and my dad. But we would talk about these stories. And I remember one night we had just finished talking about them. And at the time I had Tango, my dog, he was a rescue and he was this massive mutt. He was the cutest thing ever, super protective, but also a teddy bear. And we were sitting on the couch and we heard him drink from his water bowl. And when he would drink, he was so loud and so obnoxious with his drinking. And we heard him drinking. And then I go and look behind me and there's no one at his bowl. There's no, Tango was not his bowl, but we had all heard the sloshing noise of him actively drinking out of his bowl. And it was literally hours after talking about all of these ghost stories and these energies following my parents around. So I was so freaked out. I was still younger at the time and I'm like, oh my God. And I know my mom for sure remembers this because we've talked about it. And I just remember being so creeped out, so freaked out. I was like, holy heck, nope, I cannot do this. So that's not that much of a scary one. I still to this day don't really know what that was, but freaky for sure, freaky. (laughs) Now we'll get more into me experiencing these things as an adult where I for sure know that, you know, I'm experiencing things that don't make sense. Um, 
I have been a very spiritual being for a long time and I would often experience, you know, scratching noises on the wall, knocking on the wall, um, not as loud as footsteps, but definitely I could feel things around me all the time that really scared me just because I think I didn't know what it was and I couldn't explain it. I owned a spa and I really do think that spa was very haunted because the back room scared me so much. I don't know what it was. The energy to me, looking back now, um, it was just because I didn't know what it was. I really feel like it was like this older woman energy and she was just very protective of the space, but often my toilet there would flush on its own. Um, things would fly off the wall on its own there. So I had to actually nail them into the wall because I would have clients in the spa and things would be flying off the wall. And I wouldn't want to say, oh, it's just the ghost. I would just blame it on the upstairs neighbor, maybe banging and things falling off the wall. But at the time I knew what it was and I couldn't really share this because I didn't want to freak anyone out and then have people not coming to the spa because they were freaked out by the ghosts there. <laughs> but these things happened all of the time and I worked alone. I was the only esthetician. I was the owner. I had the whole space to myself. So at night I would get really freaked out like someone was watching me and I did a cleanse of the space and that's when I found out no, she's not here to hurt me. She's just here to be protective. And after that, we created this like boundary and I felt fine after that. Thank goodness. <laughs> okay. Now I have three more experiences that I'm going to get into and they are a little bit more scary. So I just want you to brace yourself again. I'm fine. <laughs> but in the moment, it was definitely freaky and it often there was often other people involved where I kept more of a calm tone in order to not freak them out more, even though I knew what was going on. Now, the first one was the very first time that I ever played with a Ouija board. Now, know and understand that my mom and my dad made it very clear that I was never to bring one of these into our home. I was never to play with one, that they were extremely dangerous and I could bring in energies that were not welcoming and that were not loving. They made that very clear. But I was a teenager and I said, well, haha, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to play with this Ouija board. So for some reason, there was a bunch of us, a bunch of my friends, we decided to pull this out. And I'm not sure why I was the first one to try and reach out and talk to my grandmother, my great grandma, who is an also very extremely spiritual being. She had cancer and actually chose to not do chemo because she thought her body would be more powerful without it. She only believed in holistic healing. She really didn't want to do chemotherapy. She actually did pass from her cancer, but she was extremely spiritual on this you know, physical plane. So I thought if I tried reaching out to her on the other side as my first interaction with spirit, that it would be safe and loving. So with a Ouija board, you always start off by introducing yourself, saying hello, you know, welcoming the energy in. And that's exactly what we did. And then I started trying to talk to her. I started trying to find her. I said, you know, hi, granny, are you there? And we waited. And then it went to yes. And then I said, wow. And we all kind of freaked out because there was four of us. We had to be, you know, all with our hands on the little, what is it called? I'm going to forget. I forget what it's called, but you know that little one second. Okay. Yeah, it is a pendulum. I was really hesitant to thinking it was a pendulum. I had no idea. Okay. 
the pendulum. So we all had our hands on this pendulum. And I was just so excited because I really believed it was her. And I thought it was her. So I opened up my heart and I said, wow, I'm so happy that you're here, Granny. Um, how are you doing? Are you safe? And she went to yes. And I was like, good. And then I asked, are you with Grandpa? Because he had passed a quite long time ago. And she said, yes. And then I asked, what is the date that you passed away? Because I wanted to confirm that it was actually her. And she, she put the date in and it was, it was right. And at this point I started crying because that's just, I didn't even know what to say because she passed away on November 11th. She passed away 11, 11. And I always will remember that date so clearly because one, it's an angel number and two, how could you forget Remembrance Day here in Canada? So I remembered that date so clearly. And then all of a sudden, I got this really sick to my stomach feeling. And I asked, are you really my granny? And I don't know what, what brought me to even saying this. And the pendulum usually took some time to respond. And this time, for whatever reason, it went directly to no. And it like moved so fast. I have full body chills right now. It just zoomed to no. It zoomed there. And at that moment, I got so scared in my body, in my soul, in my heart that I ripped my hands off. And you're never supposed to do this because you're not finishing out the session. You're not saying goodbye. You're not cutting those intentions. And this is where, you know, things can go really wrong really quickly. And I just took my hands off and I started freaking out and everyone else was freaking out. And the lights started to kind of like shake a little bit. And that really freaked me out. And I just think it was such heightened energy in that moment. And I remember just freaking the fuck out. And I said, oh my God, I'm about to be possessed by a demon. I've watched my, you know, handful of scary movies. I know how this ends. I'm going to die. So I told my parents and of course their reaction was not great. <laughs> they were mad at me, especially my mom. She was very mad at me um, and said, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I don't know why I did that. I did it though. And, you know, I ended up being fine. I definitely recommend if you are to play with a Ouija board, be careful because to this day, I don't know what that was. I just know as an intuitive being what it felt like in my body and it was not good. It was super dense, made me nauseous. And even as a Reiki master now, I know, I just know now not to fuck with that stuff. <laughs> this isn't to say that I wouldn't use a Ouija board now with proper protection and high intentions and high vibrations. I don't know if I would or wouldn't. I just know that that experience really freaked me out. And I think it did halt a bit of my spiritual journey because I was convinced that, you know, I was going to be possessed and that everything was going to start happening, these ghostly things. And I was going to be dragged out of my bed and, you know, none of that ever happened. But I was lucky because my mom's experience with the Ouija board did not go so good and really scary things happened to her. And again, I can have her come on and chat about this a little bit more, but I was so freaked out. I am so lucky that things worked out the way they did and I am completely fine and everything was fine. <laughs> now the next two experiences are with my lovely partner, <laughs> Joshua. And for those who personally know him, he is this goofy Libra who's so indecisive and talks so much and has, you know, very strong, 
has a very strong opinion and is not afraid to express it. So when he expresses that he is not spiritual and he does not believe in ghosts, I believe it. I really do. <laughs> now, he is so respectful of what I do and he does try to open up. And I mean, after these experiences, I don't know how he doesn't believe in ghosts, but maybe that's just him trying to convince himself otherwise. <laughs> so the first experience that I had with Josh we were traveling across Canada we were moving from Ontario to Alberta so we were staying in hotels and there was this one in Moose Jaw the energy was just so weird I mean I always find hotel rooms can have very weird energy this one in particular of course I did not share this with Josh because I'm just so intuitive I feel it all so much that you know he's not going to notice and it's not worth freaking him out ever so at that point, we went out for dinner, we came back, and we only had two double beds. And I was like, hell yes, I get my own bed and Josh gets his own bed. So we slept not in the same bed that night. And that's important because of what happens later that night. So we fall asleep. I remember being exhausted. I was so, so, so tired. And he usually takes a bit longer to fall asleep, but he eventually does. And I wake up to him at 3 a.m., of course, 3 a.m., talking. He's talking out loud. And you know when you wake up and you're really confused and you're like, what? It took me a few moments to come to and realize what he was saying out loud. And that's when you know you get that gut-sinking gut feeling. So when I start processing what he's saying, he is saying, heaven, just turn the light on. If you're going to the bathroom, it's fine. Just turn the light on. And I'm, of course, taking a few seconds to try to process, like, what does he mean? I'm in bed. I'm sleeping. And then I realize he thinks I'm at the bathroom. And so I yell out to him in the next bed and I say, Josh, I'm in bed. I'm not at the bathroom. And that's when I <laughs> could feel his gut drop. And he goes, so you're not standing right outside the bathroom door right now? You're not standing there? And I'm like, no, babe, I'm in bed. <laughs> and he was just so freaked out. And that's when I realized he saw something standing at the bathroom door. And, you know, most hotel rooms, the bathroom over it's kind of like to the right of where the beds usually are it's either to the right or to the left you have the beds closest to the window and then you have the bathroom that's how this layo was in your very traditional hotel room and that's exactly what it was so i was laying in bed and the bathroom hallway overlooked the beds and he thought that i was staring at us laying in bed so this ghost was looking at us sleeping and you know when he realized that, I felt I felt his jaw just drop and his gut drop. And I just said, babe, babe, it's okay. We're good. There's nothing to be freaked out about. We're safe. I'll do Reiki. We're safe. We're fine. And I just kept reassuring him. But meanwhile, I'm like, what is the energy? Is this energy something to be afraid of? You know, do I need to pull out all of the tools right now to do a whole room cleanse? Because... I always cleanse my space that I'm staying in, but that was just, you know, a little bit too unnerving. I, 
eventually fell back to sleep and so did Josh after I said 8 million prayers to Archangel Michael and he's someone who I will explain to you when I talk about protection, especially energetic protection. But I said 8 million prayers to him and that was that. (laughs) He didn't really talk about it again. We kind of talked about it the next day, but he was so freaked out and I think he just convinced himself that it wasn't a ghost. (laughs) Now this last little story is... One that is extremely freaky and I still get really scared because it is still recent. And again, I don't want to freak anyone out by even sharing this story, but here we are. It was requested. So to preface this story, those who don't know, I am considered a conspiracy theorist. I don't care about that title so much. It just is the best explanation and description of me. I've been like this my whole life my parents are like this and they always think you know the opposite they go against the grain and they just like to look at everything going on and I definitely describe myself as this so you can probably guess with the past year the past two years at this point how I've thought about things I think there are things going on that are extremely dark and while I don't focus on this because I am a light worker and I know that the more energy I feed into this dark this dark feeling, the more it'll manifest. So I really don't focus on it. However, I do do my due diligence and I do my research and I really try to make sure I'm aware of things that are going on so that I know how to counteract it with light. So on there's an event that's held from June 11th to June 13th in Cornwall. It was held this year in Cornwall, England, which is funny because I'm from Cornwall, Ontario, but it's called the G7 Summit. And it's where all of the, you know, political leaders get together and they kind of have this huge meeting, this huge event. But this year, there was something so off. There was this big, like, ritualistic event where everyone dressed up in these red, really scary costumes. You can go and Google it. It's called the G7 Summit and just type in red costumes and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, my mom is considered one of those master conspiracy theorists. She is like (laughs) out there and I love her for it, but she keeps me in on the ins and outs. She knows all the ins and outs of all the situations going on. So she was really talking about this event and the summit to me and the rituals behind it. And I do think that there is a lot of sacrificing going on and a lot of dark shit. And we don't need to get into that. However, I was aware of what was going on at this event and I was really freaked out by it, but I didn't pay too much attention because of course, that's not where I'm trying to manifest the future timelines. I'm really trying to focus on love and on light. So that of course means that Josh is not going to be aware of this event. And that's really important in the story. And another thing that is really important are those red costumes that these people were wearing. The red costumes, because if you go check them out, they are so freaky. And I remember seeing them going, ew, that is creepy. So the literal night of this event, we go to sleep. Of course, I don't think anything of it. I go to bed around 3 a.m. I wake up to myself being choked. And this is, I'm going to talk about this in two perspectives, mine and then Josh's when he shared it with me. I wake up to myself being choked. And you know, when you wake up, you have that moment where you open your eyes and you come to, I was being choked and my eyes were already open. So 
I was really freaked out and really scared. And my gaze was looking towards my door frame, my doorway out into the kitchen. I was looking through the door of my bedroom. And I also had Josh in my face, shaking me in my face and freaking out. And that scared me the most. I literally jumped and I said, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you in my face? And when he woke me up this way, I almost forgot that I was just being choked out. (laughs) Um, So he was in my face, kind of shaking me, going, are you okay? What's going on? What are you doing? Are you okay? Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I, what's going on? You're freaking me out. And he looked white, like white as a ghost. He looked so stressed out. He was sweating. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And that's when I felt the energy for the first time. And I felt so sick to my stomach. I've never felt so afraid in my life. And I don't dwell in fear like that because I know that just gives these lower vibrating energies power. And that's not what I'm about. So I realized it and I recognized it pretty much right away. But then he told me his side of the story. So he woke up to himself being choked and he was really freaked out. And so he woke up, was feeling choked, thought it was the sheet, felt his neck and there was no sheet. When he opened his eyes, there was someone at the doorway and they were dressed up in this big red costume and had these like horns, these It was really this red being, this red energy, and it was really tall. It took up the entire corner of the room. And so he freaked out, and then he looks over at me, and my eyeballs are wide fucking open. They are so open that he's never seen them like this. And I'm making choking noises, and I'm staring at this energy. And on my end, I'm completely asleep. I don't know that any of this is happening. But he starts freaking out because the noise is coming out of my throat entail that I am physically choking. I'm like, and it really, really freaks him out. So he starts to shake me and shake me and shake me. And that's where our stories kind of conjoin and I get woken up to him shaking me. And that's where I'm like, why do I feel like I'm being choked? And just the coincidence that we were both being choked was so scary and unnerving that I was fucking freaked out for my life. I was so scared. And like I said, I don't often get scared like that because I'm so used to, you know, dealing with the spiritual realm, this realm that you cannot see things. I'm so used to things moving and then going back. I'm used to hearing little knockings. I'm used to just feeling energy. I'm used to feeling watched. It's normal for me at this point. But that moment was so scary that I remember repeating to myself over and over and over again, I am safe. I am protected. I am safe. I am protected. I am safe. I am protected. And I repeated that over and over and over again. And I looked over at Josh and I told him, baby, we're fine. All is fine. I didn't tell him about the G7 summit event and what costumes I was watching that day. And the thing is with these events is it is a lot of ritualistic type energy, right? And that, you know, they can be tapping into anything. We don't know what they're doing, but I do know that they have the tools and they have the skills to manipulate energy. And again, that's a whole other podcast episode. But in that moment, I knew that it was not a coincidence that what he saw in my room, in our room, 
where I was staring was the exact same thing that I had witnessed earlier in a photo and felt very uncomfortable feelings towards that photo. I just, I remember it so clearly. So of course, here I am at 3.30 a.m. doing Reiki on all the walls in my room, the ceiling, the floor, the windows, and especially the doorway of my bedroom. I am doing so much Reiki there. I got to this point where I was so tired and I was just like, you know what? If I die tonight, it's the end. It's fine. I'm good. Whatever. (laughs) And that's really where I was in that moment. I was just like, it's fine. We're good. All is fine and dandy. Actually, this brought me to thinking about another really scary moment and I'll share it while we're in this episode. (laughs) We're not done yet. This one is a little bit different. It was just me. I was alone and I was on Zoom with a few of my friends, Callie included, and we were chatting about a lot of dark, dark shit, especially Lucifer. And I used to be afraid to even say that name until I realized I am the one who puts the negative connotation to Lucifer. I have the control over that. So we were chatting about this energy and all of a sudden my computer shuts down. Everything shuts down. And once that happens, I check myself, check the room and realize that it feels freezing cold and I am scared. And I feel something touch my arm, my left arm, almost like nails on a chalkboard, but really, really long nails. It works its way up my left arm, hitting my elbow, hitting my shoulder. And I was so afraid I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even breathe. I could not make a sound. I was just trying to breathe and fucking focus on not dying and focus on processing what was happening. And I remember saying out loud, What's, what is this energy? And that's when it, a whisper in my ear, and it's never been so loud in my life, literally said to me, it's L." And I remember breaking down, crying. I put Archangel Michael Hertz on my phone immediately. And I started just repeating, I am safe. I am protected. I am safe. I'm protected. And I just kept repeating that over and over and over again. And then Callie called me and I was in tears. I was a mess. I was not okay. And she was just like, Hev, what the fuck is going on? And I shared that with her. And I remember even saying it out loud. I felt crazy. And again, I have the advantage of hindsight. Now I was talking about really negative things and I was manifesting really negative things. I was, you know, hanging out with negative energies. They were in my home at the time. My roommates were not positive beings. I had negative energy all around me, all around me. So of course I'm going to call it in. Of course I am. And just being aware of that will help protect you so, so much. And, you know, again, I'm fine. I am safe. There's nothing wrong with me. And that's, you know, the big part of it too, is that we are so safe. We are the ones on the physical plane of this earth. We are the physical beings that already gives us so much power and you can never ever allow the fear of something that we cannot see overtake your sound mind and have you, you know, all these anxieties be created, all these fears be created that hold you back from spirituality because I have been practicing spirituality for a long time. And these are just like, 
these are all my experiences. They're, they, some are extreme. However, it's not a daily occurrence. It's not even a weekly occurrence. It's not a monthly occurrence. These are just big things that happened when I was not being careful and when I was not protecting myself and when I was focusing and dwelling on negative energy. So with all that being said, <laughs> I am fine. Josh is fine. I don't know if Josh believes in ghosts still. We literally had this conversation today and he was very much like, I don't know still if I believe in ghosts. I don't think I do. And that is entirely his choice. But this goes to show that these things happen and the ego does often make them more scary than they actually even are. It is so normal. I love hearing about ghost stories and I hope you enjoyed listening to mine. This was, you know, I really wanted to get this out for Halloween. This was not my intention to be my first episode at all. I figured I would talk something, you know, about Reiki and spiritual spirituality in a whole or as a base and, you know, crystals and all that stuff. But here we are talking about ghosts and, you know, I love these stories so much. I love listening to them. Let me know if you want to hear my mom and my dad talk about theirs because I will freaking do it. I'll bring them on the podcast. I don't think either of them have ever, they both have never been on a podcast. There's no way. <laughs> so it would be great to have them on and have them share theirs. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. In our next episode, we'll be chatting a little bit more about energy protection and what that looks like and feels like and how to embody it. And it is really important when you first get into your spiritual journey. And that's why I want to have it as one of the first episodes that I put out. So I hope you enjoyed this. Happy Halloween. I am so freaking pumped that it's today. I love Halloween so much and I hope you have a great one and stay safe. Um, practice your protection and I'll chat to you next week. Bye guys. <laughs>